0: Residents of Angel Grove, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my delightful, hungry co-host, Kennedy. I am hungry. How are you doing today?
1: I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm ready to talk about Turbo, let me tell you.
0: I was going to ask if you were ready, because I don't think I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready to go on this adventure. Give me a second. Hold on. You're not ready? I don't think so because I don't know just how angry I'm gonna get.
1: I don't think I'm gonna be. I don't think I'm gonna be super angry.
0: I don't know if I'm gonna be extremely angry or just irritated. And knowing that, like, you know, I could have done a better job. <laughs> like, give me the budget. They'll give Saban the budget. Give me the budget.
1: I don't. I mean, this isn't. This isn't like season two. Season two just made me so angry. It was just like a completely different experience. But Kennedy. Uh, now that said, there's lots of bad things here. There's so many this
0: <laughs> Kennedy.
1: <laughs> what? Come
0: on. Come on. Know it in your heart that this is worse than season 2.
1: No, it's totally not. Season 2 was like boring and pointless and just frustrating for no reason. There were there were times when I laughed here. There were times when I laughed. I had that going for sure. Also, Just objectively, the Zord fights were better than season two, where almost every Zord fight is like an Omewa Moshindaru because they're like splicing together footage from three shows and it's just an incoherent mess. Like, no.
0: The first half of season two is better than the entirety of Turbo. Nah. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think any like, outside of like a couple of meme episodes, right? Because like we did our best and worst. And we agreed on the best and worst here. But like, I still think that
1: having memes is still better than having nothing. That's how I feel about it.
0: Season two had the best Jason Red Ranger episode, though.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I still would rate it slightly lower. Let's get into it. So Turbo starts off with the Turbo movie and shift into Turbo. We recorded episodes on each of those things. Go check them out if you haven't. It's but just bad. to Really briefly recap. It's bad. That's it's, all I'm really gonna say. It's, it's really bad. Really bad. It's bad. It, <laughs> it jumps the shark.
0: It jumps the shark really hard.
1: So, so much.
0: From so the much jump. Shark from the jump. It's it's actually um, pretty crazy, but yeah, no. Definitely go and check that out. And we both agreed that the reason why we put Shift into Turbo Part One as the worst episode is because straight from the jump, you know this is gonna be fucked up and weird. Just a burning pile of trash. <laughs> Yet you like this better than season two
1: because it still amused me. Season two never like
0: burning trash is amusing to you
1: in this case. Yes. There were some really funny episodes. Oh my God. (laughs) And just some funny. There was some funny shit in general. Also, I will say in terms of like actual like characters worth watching or like storytelling worth watching after the Rangers change. I thought that like there were some moments and and like even like during the Rangers change, I thought there was some moments that were like acceptable. They weren't very good to be clear, but like, I'm just trying to like rate, just imagine for today, like any comment I make, maybe I sound like I'm praising something at times. I'm just put it in the context that like everything here, it's like, it's capped at a five out of 10, no praise that I give. Is ever to indicate that anything here is better than a 5 out of 10. Except for maybe comedic and meme value.
0: <laughs> yeah. We really went meme this season. I gotta say, like, after shifting to Turbo, we kind of get hints at something maybe good with the millennia Message. Which is with our favorite Centurion character. He's in there. He's a cop. Uh, My favorite parts about the millennium message is when they beat up and beat him up multiple times (laughs) and he has to keep retreating because he's, he's scared shitless and he's a fucking coward.
1: Turbo has two of the best like side characters that don't get developed because the blue centurion and the phantom ranger, you never really get like anything really super substantial out of either of them, but they're both kind of these good supporting characters to the rangers. In a weird way. And the blue centurion especially is just like this hot mess. So bizarre. Like it could be good. And then it's just bizarre all the time instead. And sometimes it's bizarre enough that it's very funny. But it's never good really.
0: (laughs) It's never really outright stated. If the blue centurion was going to stay in the show. Or leave after that episode. And then they just cut to him randomly. At times throughout the season. They're like, oh yeah, Blue Centurion's doing this. Sometimes He's just hanging like, out
1: on Earth, sometimes just like helping old ladies cross the street and shit. Mind
0: you, he comes from the future. And I don't necessarily know why he did this, other than to like it, it was supposed to go for like a, a bigger plot development that comes in at a later season, of course. But it feeds into Power Rangers in space. It's the direct follow up to Turbo. I don't like the fact that it's not really necessary. It's so far into the season to have this sort of plot development and for it to not play out because the writer who originally developed this plot left the show. So they had to get this new writer team. So they had to drop a bunch of plots and like rework them into some other
1: into some other plots. You get the same issue with the Phantom Ranger. It's like you
0: get the same issue with everything.
1: You almost get the impression at times. That this season could have actually been very good, even with the cars. Like, even with some of the weird trappings that are goofy. On first impression, you look at Power Rangers Turbo, and you're like, this is going to be dumb because they're in cars. <laughs> right? Like, that, um, But then you watch it, you're like, actually, the Zords are relatively fine. They're not the best Zords we've ever seen, but they're also not the worst. Um, the, the real problem is The first round here- of Zords
0: are good. The first round of Zords are good.
1: The second round's more, yeah, not as, just kind of big squares. Th- anyway, that comes um... <laughs> off later, but
0: yeah, no, like, you're right. The, the cars aren't the problem. The problem is the plot. The writers didn't, it seems like the writers just shitted out a season.
1: Like, it just really feels like it would have been better if they had just, first of all, no Justin. We'll get more into that, but no Justin. And then second, like, made this the first season where they start doing the here's a whole new batch of Rangers, you know, and just kicked it off with TJ and crew. Right.
0: Well, the Rangers wanted to leave after Zio. And Saban was like, no, 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 no. It's going to be too confusing for the kids. We need to have a transitionary period. Uh, So they signed them on for 20 episodes, in which case it actually played out to be about 19. But because of this. The whole show is just a disfigured mess because they weren't able to come up with any sort of meaningful plot in the first parts of this where it features the old cast. Everybody's just kind of walking around aimlessly and stuff happens around them. You know, and I get it, right? It's because high schoolers graduated and this is like how real life is, right? They're all finding themselves. But instead of exploring those sorts of plots, they realized, oh, right. This this is a kid's show like this is geared towards kids. And so when the new writers came on board, they didn't know what to do. So they were just like, well, let's just get a new cast, you know,
1: so it's Which is for the better in terms of like where the season goes after that. The before the cast change period is, oh, my God, if it was all that bad, I would absolutely not even be debating. I'd be saying this is worse than season two. This is the worst season, period. Well, nothing um, happens. Yeah, the first twenty episodes are just nothing.
0: Yeah, like there's no major plot development on any of the characters before passing the torch. Even the next the next couple episodes. Speaking of the next couple episodes, are passing the torch. This ep- even this is like really disjointed.
1: It almost really confusing. It
0: almost is the worst. I like my wife told me she was just like, "Is this this is worse than season two's a ninja encounter?" Right? And I'm like, "No, it's not. It's close, but it's not." And I was like, do you remember that episode where there was a kid crying in a stroller and they were racing, the new rangers
1: were racing in a go get it. That was horrible. Yeah, like that's just a- that was worse. That was worse than anything in passing the torch.
0: Yeah, a ninja encounter part one and two is definitely some of the worst television I've ever watched. But passing the torch is also really bad for its own reasons, just not quite as bad.
1: Here's the thing about passing the torch, it's almost actually pretty good. It could have been written so much better, though. It feels like, weirdly enough, because we never say this about... Well, we do occasionally say this. But weirdly enough, because usually our main criticism is that these, like, multi-part episodes are too long. This one feels like it's missing something. Like, it it feels like there was just a chunk cut out of the middle. Because the announcement that the Power Rangers are going to leave feels extremely abrupt. And also, you have two characters that you, like, get to know pretty well in this two-parter tj and cassie and those two like basically get an okay introduction in fact actually they get one of the better introductions a new ranger has gotten overall like you start with them just as characters more so and like you get to know them on a lot of different levels and just like see their personalities and then you get to see them kind of like being somewhat naturally heroic um, but they're not the same at the same time, and they're not just both, like, instantly, like, wanting to just jump into anything. I don't know. There's, like, their introduction is pretty good, but we also get two more new characters that we barely get introduced to at all. And, in fact, the main introduction to, like, Ashley is just Tanya creepily watching her, like... <laughs>
0: Yeah, and car- so, okay, we, we we definitely need more context for this. So, Passing the Torch, right? This is the uh, two-episode part where, dude, I'm not going to lie, man. Recounting this story in my head is making me upset.
1: The Rangers are supposed to be going on a camping trip. And Adam and Tanya and Justin are already at the campground setting up. But at the start of things, Tommy and Kat are trying to, to join them, but Piranatrons, like, start chasing them. And so then they're in a car chase where Tommy's driving his his old pickup truck and trying to get away from the piranatrons. It's funny because the two new characters behave pretty consistently and fairly intelligently. And it's, it's like it almost stands out in a way because everyone else is acting like a fucking idiot. Is that how you felt?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cassie and TJ, like their interactions on screen. Were, I guess, somewhat realistic, uh, depending on the type of personalities that they they end up having, of course, as the season plays out.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like their personalities are great and they're very realistic, but like their writing style, they feel like they're less a part of a action show and more of a drama the way they're written
1: yeah it's weird but it's like it also it's like it just comes off as them seeming just so much more grounded than like the actual rangers who just seem like they're just losing their minds i have no idea what they're doing cat jumps out of the truck because tommy is like afraid that the truck is gonna get exploded and he's right the truck gets exploded tommy gets knocked out as he jumps away from the exploding truck cat runs through the field trying to get away from piranatrons on motorcycles. It's very weird and dumb. Mysteriously, no one is thinking to morph. This is one of the biggest issues with this two-parter, is that the Rangers seem to be completely incapable of morphing a lot here for no reason.
0: This ends up becoming a debuff as the season plays out. Because there's multiple times in this season where the issue that's plaguing the Rangers is that their turbo power, they can't morph. Because they have to do the whole, like, this dance and then put a key into an ignition part of their wristwatch that transforms into an ignition lock.
1: Weirdly, though this, though, this kind of goes away after this somewhat. Not entirely. They do bring it back occasionally as a thing. But the morphing actually gets simpler after this. We'll talk more about that later. But, uh, yeah, it's like they can't do that. Also, though, I just want to point out on top of that, Cat and Tommy don't even try to morph. Yeah. Well, they're just like, we
0: don't have time, right? We can't do the whole dance thing in the middle of the Piranatron's killing us. I guess.
1: I guess that's the logic. It's really... And again, like, after this, in particular, the new Rangers, many times, just morph instantly. Oh,
0: I, I kept track in my head because I was like, this is actually kind of an important plot point if you're using this important plot point multiple times throughout a season, Right. Because the issue of them not being able to transform happens like three times, I would say, throughout this season. But for some reason, there are also times where they could just instantly morph and there's no fucking issue right in front of an enemy.
1: Literally split second morphing happens in this season.
0: Yes. And Um, at first I was like, oh, it's because they're morphing and they're not really in action. But no, like it's just
1: there's no rhyme or reason there's no there's no consistency to it so in the meantime um adam tanya and justin are also like having these problems because uh this like fire monster is fucking with them at their camp and they do get all of their keys knocked out of their hands that's this guy has figured out that he can do that and that's what that's his move is knock your morpher key out of your hand so they're dealing with that I so all it. the rangers I are I just kind hate of like it
0: so much dude
1: Yeah, all the Rangers are just kind of a hot mess. It's dumb as hell. One of the only things that I liked was, like, there was... There were a couple of moments where, like, Alpha is trying to, like, get help to both the sets of Rangers. And then it's, like, it's all breaking down as they realize that both sets of Rangers are completely overwhelmed by the situations that they're in. But again, like, I'm I'm, I'm just looking for scraps here in the main... Or at least this part of the storyline. Now, on the other hand, TJ and Cassie have an okay introduction. One of the better introductions we've seen. Now, I'm not trying to say it's that great, but one of the better introductions of New Rangers we've seen. Because a lot of the New Ranger introductions have been really bad. They're on a bus. They're headed to the Angel Grove. They're both moving to the Angel Grove area. Cassie, to be a musician, TJ, because he wants to play baseball. They are kind of just, like, getting to know each other. And then the bus stops at, like, just, like, a place where you, like, fuel up and, you know.
0: Cassie does not live in Angel Grove. Cassie does not live in Angel Grove. Her main destination is not Angel
1: Grove. Angel right, it's Grove still outside is a pit stop. grove Yeah.
0: I, I want you guys to keep that in mind.
1: That 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 is a thing, because Cassie does kind of just abandon that original plan.
0: Yeah. Like. No, um, Cassie gave everything up for TJ.
1: I think the implication with Cassie is more that she's not committal. Really sure what she's doing, actually, at the start. I think TJ is more like his plan to like move to Angel Grove and try to be a potentially a professional baseball player. He presents that really realistically too. Like he's not like, oh yeah, I'm going to be a pro ball player. He's like, I'm going to see if I can, you know? And it, that's like his total attitudes, like really like, you know, so he seems like he's more got like a realistic and level-headed dream.
0: The more I'm thinking about this, the less I think that you're remembering it as well as you think you are.
1: No, I'm telling, go, go watch it. fight uh, me
0: the reason why i'm saying this is because cassie's start is that she wants to be a singer but she sings really bad
1: yeah no i'm talking about tj
0: i think tj's whole like i agree with you on the tj front but i think cassie's interactions like i i don't think the the writing is as good like i actually don't think that their introduction to the show is good
1: i think it's better than most of the ranger introductions we've seen that's all i'm comparing to. This is not like an out of 10 thing. Okay. Because I, I, the more I'm thinking about it, the
0: more I'm like Cassie was acting completely irrational.
1: No, I think if, if I had to like theorize and we are the truther club, it seems like Cassie comes from a more kind of troubled background. It doesn't, she kind of hints a little bit that like she didn't like living with her family very much and stuff. I don't know. It just seems like she's, TJ is more like going to something. You kind of get the sense maybe Cassie is more running from something. I don't know.
0: Cassie's trying to find herself. She's a college dropout.
1: She didn't no, know what she's a run- high schooler. <laughs> Remember, we're going back to high school. That's the whole point of the Ranger transition.
0: <laughs> Cassie's a Cassie's a high school dropout. She's looking to find herself out in the world. And so this is why she's like perfectly willing to just move to Angel Grove on a whim. Yeah. And she like I don't know, dude. I guess, right? Like we're we're really I think we're reading into this much more than they are actually giving us.
1: Oh, I said I said this was truth or territory for a reason. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> My thing about Cassie though is that like TJ goes off because he hears an explosion, right? So they stop at a pit stop and then right. they they they're go and buy things Cassie's being all cute. She's like,
1: look at me with the dorky hat. And TJ's like, I don't get it. When they're trying on some of that weird 90s shit in that gift shop, it does make you appreciate a little more how no one notices that the Power Rangers dress funny or things like that. (laughs) You're
0: right, actually, because everybody's wearing super baggy clothes, even Cassie. Just very ill-fitting.
1: Bizarro sunglasses and shit. Yeah,
0: but TJ goes off to go investigate an explosion that he sees, and mm-hmm. Cassie must know of, like, police brutality against minorities, because at no point during passing of the torch does she think to herself, we should call the police. Never. And I'm talking, like, she's well aware, like, she goes off to with TJ to go investigate the explosion, and they're facing off against the Piranatrons, an extraterrestrial threat that they have no idea how to combat and then tj goes to help off some more later on but cassie at no point when the bus is like hey we gotta go or you know you're just not gonna be able to get to your city cassie just goes uh uh it's okay leave without me yeah i'm just like what's like call the cops tell them to go help out but
1: (laughs) No, like But as this, we know the police were abolished at the beginning of this season. The police don't serve um,
0: don't serve as a uh Lieutenant a first Stone,
1: response. No, but they were just they were abolished. Lieutenant Stone and Bulk and Skull were the last three police officers in Angel Grove.
0: Yeah, I think now it's just private security, which take that for what you will. <laughs> this is definitely the most capitalist season, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. Very capitalist season. I will say, though, like I I, I liked a lot of TJ and Cassie's kind of like interactions when they were like seeing the piranatrons and deciding what to do. I didn't think TJ. I mean, yes, he's a he's a new hero. So, of course, he's bold, blah, blah. But like, I didn't think he seemed like overly optimistic or anything like he seemed to like understand that. Like, yes, I'm being like foolhardy. And I'm just gonna do that. And like he he seemed like self-aware in that way. And at the same time, like You're Cassie right. was kind of like an effective foil to like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this, but you could also see when she was getting drug along, like it didn't feel like, oh, she's just getting drug along because she needs to be there. It also felt like, no, she would, she would keep giving in.
0: Yeah. Honestly, like TJ going off to go help multiple times, and he directly explains to Cassie. I can't just let injustice happen in front of my eyes. Right. Yeah. Like I've got to go do something about it. And that's his moral prerogative. And I think that's what really, like, honestly, TJ is the best part about passing the torch part one and two easily. Yeah. Uh, Cassie sure. is definitely like a second, but that's, it's just, it's like, it's like the difference between being decent at something and being awful at something. Right. Cause we get treated to fight scenes, with Adam, Tanya, Justin, Kat, and Tommy, like all these fight scenes are based around the fact that they don't have enough time to morph because the enemy keeps beating their shit before they're able to put that fucking key in the
1: ignition lock.
0: So it's just like, this is so fucking dumb and stupid.
1: It's a weird situation. The what power levels of are fuck? off. The morphing situation doesn't make any sense.
0: It doesn't make any fucking sense. And then when you get to passing the torch, too right uh ta- like de- i just want to say the mentor characters they mm-hmm. they're not fucking mentor characters no they don't help they don't help they either do nothing or they are a net negative
1: demetria is definitely like a net negative basically most of the time like she's worse than checked out zordon she's
0: she doesn't she doesn't Oh, my God. She she makes me upset, dude. Every time she's on screen, she has nothing, nothing of value to say or do. And no. when the Rangers actively need help, she doesn't go, Rangers, just give me a moment. Like, I'm working on a new power. Or go on a quest to go get this power. Or, hey, call upon the powers of whatever. Right? None of that. Doesn't help out at all. She's just there to to fill in as Zordon. She clocks in, she clocks out, does nothing.
1: Yeah. You um, know,
0: and, you know, normally I'm all right with that, but she's the one that's exploiting the Rangers, right? Because she's...
1: <laughs> yeah, agreed.
0: Because <laughs> all she's doing this for is gossip, essentially. She doesn't do this for anything else.
1: She She seems to just be here... Because she wants to like settle an old rivalry with Divatox.
0: But that isn't explored because they were gonna they were gonna explore that subplot where Divatox and Demetria are long-lost sisters. And that was gonna be a thing. And then that plot line gets dropped, which immediately makes Demetria's already bad character from shifting to turbo worse. Alpha 5 transforming to Alpha Six, the times when Alpha Six does help. It's with the sassiest attitude on screen, and even TJ's like, come on, Alpha, can you just help? And Alpha's just like, fine, I guess. And I'm like, for once in your life, can you be fucking
1: useful on screen? Alpha 6 just does not want to be there. It's very bizarre. What was the point? It it literally would have just been better off for the Rangers to just have no mentor for a whole season and just be struggling with like that. And then at the end of the season, like they get a mentor again and they're like, oh, thank fuck or something like that. I don't know
0: if that would have been the case. If we had just deleted Demetria replace Alpha six with Justin, you would have seen Justin calling on the Rangers whenever there's a distress call, which I think would have been more annoying. I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know.
1: God, so many problems with this season.
0: Yeah. Justin just needs to get deleted. Uh, great episode. Absolute well, yeah.
1: meme episode. It's super fun. Super fun. We get into that in our best and worst, obviously. So we won't like retread that too much. But honestly, just a really funny episode. And like the Blue Centurion has this deadpan humor in this season. That is, like, the funniest shit that has been in this show so far, practically. Period. Yes. Like, and, like, it it doesn't shine every episode. Even every episode that the Blue Centurion is in. But in episodes like this, it is so funny. Because these lines are like this deadpan robot stating things in, like, the plainest manner possible. But sometimes the things that he's stating are so insane. You just have to love it.
0: Yeah, he's good in this one. It was a great episode. That's why it was one of our best. Is it like a nine or a ten? No, no. It's
1: just seven at best.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a seven, <laughs> and it's like carried by the humor
1: hard. Uh, yeah, and and I mean, there's a little bit of like okay storytelling and stuff too. Like, there's a few other things that carry it besides the humor. But yeah, it's ultimately in between pretty hit our- or miss.
0: In between our two best episodes, we've get uh, the Wheel of Fate, which introduces these two new cars to the season. Uh, They're not necessarily, although the cars are red and blue, TJ sticks to his red car most of the time. But the blue blue SUV is ridden by all of them. Everybody. Yeah, Yeah, everybody can, it's a warthog,
1: essentially. Yeah. (laughs) I thought the Wheel of Fate was okay. This is one of the better moments in some ways in terms of, like, I felt like this episode showed a hint of what could have been if they had just leaned into, like, the best parts of the theming more and not, like, just run off in so many weird directions that were unnecessary and that they don't resolve. I don't know. It was, like, eh, but it was not...
0: It was a an above average episode. What killed this for me was the unnecessary power level drops because mm. you get treated to some scenes where essentially like the Rangers use a cannon to open up a concrete door or like a concrete wall or something like that. And this cannon has been known to like do damage, right to monsters and stuff. but against concrete does nothing. and you're like, ah, it doesn't work. What do we do? yeah it's just lame (laughs) this isn't the first time that they do shit like this either i i don't remember which episode it is but there was an episode where elgar and the piranatrons have a bunch of trouble like clawing their way through a shipping container it's just like you guys are monsters you're supposed to supposed to be strong enough to take on the rangers and just all of a sudden man the power levels just drop Very disappointing. I did like the fact that I was able to call out the car, though, because my father had a Mitsubishi Eclipse in the 90s, (laughs) a red Mitsubishi Eclipse, kind of like the one that TJ has, except uh, TJ has the 97 Spider, and it's just customized to have a a jet engine in the back with wings. And it's dope as fuck. I love it. Would definitely buy that toy. You could just see it on store shelves. (laughs) It's good. It is. It's really good.
1: But yeah, I mean, the two new cars are kind of cool in a lot of ways. And like the way that they interact with them for the rest of the season is kind of neat because it's like these just become their like get around town vehicles.
0: Yeah. And in this episode, uh, it's important to note that Bulk and Skull have reverted to being human beings. And that was the reason why we included Stitch Witchery, because it wasn't a part of the original uh, version of the filler guide. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, Stitch Witchery kind of serves as a nice transition where Bulk and Skull turn from being monkeys to being invisible. And I did, it was in Honey, I Shrunk the Rangers that they went, the end of that two parter, that they went from being monkeys to being invisible. But it's not really explained there either why that happened. So I was just like, I'm not fucking including another Shrunk the Rangers and it's a two parter into the filler guide. So Stitch Witchery serves as a good in-between because they're like, hey, we're no longer monkeys anymore. We're invisible. Let's enjoy being invisible, but, like, in a kid's show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then it ends up with them being human again. And it seems like after that, when they're human again, they just kind of take random odd jobs for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, they're just trying to stay employed.
0: Yeah. There's definitely and, some instances where they just run a bunch of grifts based off of their life experiences.
1: Yeah, there's, there's some grifting. And then there's also like a lot of episodes just start with like Lieutenant Stone being like, all right, my third cousin Vinny got you this job. Don't fuck it up. And then they fuck it up. Um, I will say, though, that even a lot of those plots did relate directly to the storylines in some way or like things were tied together directly in some way. So this is still an improvement over Bulk and Skull, our detectives, (laughs) solving random crimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Bulk and Skull taking
1: random odd jobs is much more interesting. And there's nothing
0: egregious in these episodes like in previous seasons.
1: The comedic value, I think, is actually better, too, with the odd jobs. Because it's like every episode, it's like, oh, they have a different job. What wacky problem could go wrong with them being bagel makers or whatever, you know? And so, like, I don't know. That's that's funnier than just what's the, today's stupid old lady mystery thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Moving on, we go to Trouble by the Slice. Another one of our Incredible. best episodes. Incredible. This episode one is like
1: I tended to give so this one horny. an eight because of humor value, like. <laughs>
0: it's both humorous and horny
1: it's so funny it's also a little horny for sure but it's so funny at first i i was like a few minutes into the episode i was like this is stupid as shit what is this really gonna be what happens but then it it's like the stupid thing starts happening and you're like wait this is actually pretty fucking hilarious Yup. yep
0: (laughs) anti-italian discrimination in your episode is always funny
1: (laughs) It's never wrong. It's always, it's always good and it's... always <laughs> should be done.
0: Yep, always. Uh, Blue Centurions funny in this
1: episode. So funny in this episode! Oh my god! And the Rangers get baked into a pizza. Now we talk about we talk all about this episode and the best and worst. So I'm not gonna retread. You already knew probably because you you've probably already listened. But yeah, I just have me- to reiterate: the Rangers get baked into a pizza. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the everything about this episode is pogged and it's humorous and everything. It's the closest the show gets to like greatness, right? It's like a 9, it's like a 9 or a 10, but that again, that's like hinged on like meme potential, also uh, how horny I am when I watch it. Next we move on to <laughs> Next we move on to the phantom phenomenon. And Kennedy, I'm just going to say it as a kid who has had the Phantom Ranger toy this so this I think is the first season that I've watched when I was a kid like actively watched mm-hmm. and then I got really into in space that was like I dressed as as the blue Ranger in in space um, yeah. and I've only ever caught a couple episodes of the the older stuff but as someone who has had the Phantom Ranger toy, the Phantom Ranger sucks <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah Like this whole Phantom Ranger arc With uh, the Phantom Phenomenon The Darkest Day, One Last Hope The Fall of the Phantom Clash of the Megazords This is a self-contained Phantom Ranger arc That I feel contributes nothing of value Other than to introduce new zords for toys Right? And introduce new diva talks back onto the scene, which is the one from the movie. The actress changed and yep. she gets help from her brother-in-law, I think. Right.
1: Uh, so- sometime around here, it's not in the phantom phenomenon. I don't think, I think it's in like the darkest day.
0: Yeah. The darkest day.
1: Uh, He shows up general, something havoc, general havoc. He's built a space station. I like his design. His design is cool. The the space station that they moved to is kind of cool. He looks also, like a Warframe. He does look like game. a Warframe. He looks exactly like a Warframe. Yeah. Whoever the artists were on Warframe, at least one of them like grew up watching this and has regular regular sex dreams about General Havoc. Let's just be real. I'm I'm just being real about what Warframe is like. Um- <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Rule thirty four
0: um, Warframe was not something I expected out of this recording.
1: You should, you can't bring Warframe up without the potential for a horny talk. Um, so anyway, um, the Fucking
0: robots,
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's clear that the people who design those particular robots are horny for robots, and I'm not horny for robots, I'm just saying it's clear that the people who design these ones are
0: <laughs> diva talks in the in this arc is like. She is at her sassiest because of the actress change starting at the darkest day. It's not in the Phantom Phenomenon, but in the Phantom Phenomenon, the Phantom Ranger reveals himself as a mysterious figure who helps the Power Rangers. And they're all like, who is he? Who is he? And Demetria's sound advice, her one sound advice is he will tell you when he wants to.
1: I will say the Phantom Phenomenon is is an episode I remember from childhood. And if I had to, like, give this entire Phantom Ranger arc a little credit, that episode is, is decent and, like, sets up an okay premise that could have gone somewhere. The problem really is that it doesn't go anywhere and that Not- the rest of the Phantom Ranger arc is just a meaningless gray blob of nonsense. Like, I
0: know we're supposed to wait for Justin's <sighs> review part later on in this episode, <laughs> but it really is the elephant in the room here because Justin, Justin is playing, playing with another 12-year-old kid who's playing soccer, and Carlos, I guess, is like a coach, maybe, or it's just a neighborhood type of game in Angel Grove with the, with the, the soccer group. But Carlos is like, yeah, Justin, I'll show you how to play soccer. And we get introduced to, like, Justin's friend. Oh, speaking of Carlos, hey, he's here. He's a new ranger. He's the green one. The yellow ranger as well. These these people had, like, two voice lines before becoming a ranger. That's why we're saying passing the torch fucking sucks. But anyways, yeah. he just so happened to be helping out people in need in the shelter. The rangers saw that creepily stalking them. And they get the power. Cool. Carlos, you know, Carlos has some character development here. Uh, Carlos seems to be the most overtly negative ranger, I will say. I like the fact that he's dark skinned and he has the thick accent. I really do appreciate that that they didn't try and white him up for the show.
1: Yeah, but <clears throat> they, um, they 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 keep the accent very authentic, even when it means that he's pronouncing words like very different than like the other cast members and it's like actually good don't don't like just force him to like just yeah just be as white as possible to be a ranger
0: yeah um but i will say he is written very negative because throughout the show he he like gets negative in this case though in the phantom phenomenon he he's doing some positive character development with justin and trying to be like okay man if you're gonna be a ranger and i have to be a part of this group let's interact right let's yeah. let's have some teamwork time but justin justin's friend is another 12 year old and that kid looks so young and when it's contrasted with the other rangers it makes justin's character fucking worse dude than it already was it's so jarring it's so it takes me completely out of the the watching experience
1: yep i also just want to say justin is is a little shit in these episodes Especially in the first one, the Phantom Phenomenon. He has information that he should be sharing with the group.
0: That could save people's lives!
1: Yes, could prevent, like, disasters, potentially. Like, could, you know, all kinds of shit. And he's not sharing that information with the group. Because stupid-ass reasons. And it's just like, there's not even like a... There's not even like a really... There have been a few times where the Rangers weren't a cohesive team and, like, one of them was hiding something because of, like, interesting personal reasons or things like that. But this is literally, like, he just doesn't want to. He's just being a shit.
0: Yeah, it was never, like, malicious, I would say, right? Not like a CW show where someone has, like, schizophrenia whenever they activate their superpower and goes on a killing spree. And that's the whole Season B plot, right? It's just... This is this <laughs> shout out to the Flash. This is just like Justin just being a shitty ranger because he's a kid. Because he doesn't know the stakes. He doesn't understand that people's lives are at stake when he hides information. And like this is like catastrophic. Terrible. Like this puts the city at risk. This puts the world at risk potentially too because at this point in the show the Phantom Ranger is what stands between Diva Talks and world domination. Yeah. And so you have General Havoc starting in the darkest day, figuring out methods of trying to defeat the Phantom Ranger and defeat all of the rest of the Rangers. And he comes up pretty close. He's able to defeat the Turbo the Turbo Zord that we saw, fully assembled, use yep. the Turbo Zord to boost his own Zord, and then come back. And it's only because the Phantom Ranger has new Zords to give, just, just so happens it just so happens that the Phantom Ranger has Zords to give, and he's here to help. And he's just here. He's like ba- he's like TJ if TJ was written
1: bad, right? Something terrible. Yeah, I don't like know. Like, if
0: TJ was written terrible, that's the Phantom Ranger.
1: He's okay. Again, he's okay the first time you see him, but he just gets worse and worse and less coherently written.
0: He has nothing to fucking say
1: um and it's it's like the problem is is that initially the phantom ranger was conceived to you know actually have a storyline that maybe went somewhere but it was that whole writer issue so like you start off this is like so many things in this season you start off with the phantom ranger shows up and dropping all these mysterious hints and kind of clues about what's going on and even demetria is like in time, the Phantom Ranger will tell us what he wants and we'll know. But actually, she lied. The Phantom Ranger will not tell us in time what he wants. He won't tell us anything. The he's man never going goes to reveal- on
0: his deathbed and doesn't reveal who he is, his life story, or why he's here, other than that he's here to help. Motherfucker was literally moments from death and revealed
1: nothing. 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 They don't even ask him who he is or take his mask off or anything. No, they literally just don't even ask him who he is.
0: You can cut this. Yo, you can cut out the Six Ranger entirely and just have it to where Dimitri was like, Rangers, I have figured out a way to help you beat Divatox and... Like, give them the new zords on screen. And it would have made just the same amount of sense. They could have built these zords saying like, Okay, we're getting our ass handed to me. We have too many close calls. How can we improve the situation? Oh, I know. Let's develop these zords. Oh, Justin, turns out you're a brainiac? Savant? Oh, okay. Maybe you could help design these zords. Sure. You know? like, What the fuck else is Justin doing? Nothing. Um, he's not in any and of, of course, slice of life plots he's not in uh, any meaningful slice of life plot until the very end
1: of course we could have had oh the Phantom Ranger turns out to be Billy yes that would have been the revelation that um really made sense of you know a lot of this stuff and like if it had been written more in that direction that like oh, this is actually, this is the return of Billy. He's been off making even better swords. Ignore the fact that they look kind of dumb. You know, whatever. We can overlook that. Um, like, I don't know, dude. These zords are not I'm not saying we can overlook.
0: not only look bad, but like, functionally, they suck ass.
1: You I'm not saying, now, now I'm not saying that we can overlook it in context. What I'm saying, though, is that if if we had gotten a revelation this cool, we would have forgiven it. Yes. Is what I'm saying. Like we would have forgiven the dumb looking zords and other aspects of it if it had turned out, oh, actually, this is all a mystery instead of just being a bunch of nonsense that reveals that this is Billy. He's returned, you know, maybe he has to wear the phantom suit because like he's still having some problem with like the aging thing or maybe he has like some, you know, maybe he's like, that's why he didn't want to like immediately reveal who he was is because like taking the mask off is like a thing or something. Who knows? Right. But it's like it could have just been like, oh, it's Billy. He's back. He's been developing new Zords and new technology. Could have been on the
0: deathbed. Could have been on the deathbed. Take off the helmet. Billy reveal.
1: Could have been. Could have been. But like, just just to say, oh, that's that's what happened when Billy left. He went off and he developed new Zords. Whoa, that makes sense. (laughs) It would make sense of so many things, but instead, the Phantom Ranger is just a mystery. He's just a guy who came and brought stuff and helped and died and goodbye fuck you
0: yeah it's so the 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 crazy part is is that it's so self-contained that like you could almost cut it out entirely except for the fact like, yeah like i mean i've already stated that you could just essentially cut this whole thing out but legit like he was so useless useless f tier f tier six ranger Like, to go from Jason as the gold ranger last season to this,
1: wow. What a dramatic fucking slap in the face when you put it that way in particular. Because, yeah, last season, the sixth ranger showing up was this incredible thing overall. I mean, it was awkward because the whole Trey thing was like a kind of hit or miss plot at best. But Jason, as the gold ranger in particular, really redeemed it. But you don't get anything like that here. Instead, it's just, oh. We actually don't know who the Phantom Ranger is. We'll never know,
0: right? And Then we go straight into Parts and Parcel. So very interesting episode. Uh, the best Bulk and Skull episode we've seen in a very long
1: time. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, because um, in
0: this episode, essentially, uh, Bulk and Skull are shipping drivers. Uh, they just t- they just uh take stuff from the warehouse. And ship it out to wherever it needs to go. They're getting their packages stolen by the Piranatrons. Yeah. And so the company is blaming them for theft. And they're basically like, if if we catch more
1: packages being stolen, you're going to jail. And I, I really like this because TJ, Cassie, and Ashley overhear this. And TJ is like, the other two aren't even as convinced, but TJ is like, he's got that, like, really absolute moral compass and he's like no i know bulk and skull they might be idiots they might be petite bouge they might be a lot of things but they're not thieves i'm gonna help them clear their name
0: yeah shout outs to tj man
1: what a great character honestly one of the best characters i don't
0: think he carries this season i'm being honest with you i think he helps it but i don't think he carries it and that's just to say that diva carries the season <laughs> because diva in this episode she is the life of the party mm-hmm. straight up she's invented new zords to take on the rangers and by she invented it i mean that's like the elon musk way of saying she invented it right
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Port- porto it. did the work
0: yeah, her workers invented it, though it seems like she's absolutely riveting with energy to activate it and everything. Uh, so she sends out her cat zords to Earth, and we get treated to double big Zord, double Megazord action.
1: Where... This is even better than Clash of the Megazords. Yes. I mean, like, this is and Clash of the Megazords, like I thought that Megazord fight was decent and everything. Like, don't get me wrong. But this is even better than that. It really takes it to the next level. Um, and the Diva Zords are a particularly good plot from Diva Talks, who has seemed like a kind of shitty villain at times, um, in terms of just, not in terms of, like, being uninteresting to watch or things like that, but just in terms of, like, not having good villain plots. not Not plotting against the Rangers, effectively. Especially in comparison to, like, King Mondo, who was so devious and really was, like, Constantly trying to like really pull the wool over the the ranger's eyes, a lot of Tox's plots just felt like petty, messy, not thought out, and like ultimately, like you're just like, yeah, but like you could never take over the world like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but this, this is a very notable exception. This is like, she's like, she's ready to actually fuck them up with this Divazord plan.
0: So, I will say, I disagree heavily. I think Diva Talks is on Rita levels of greatness,
1: but... You just say that because you're horny for her.
0: I No! No, because even, <laughs> even when they do the actress change, which I'm not really into the new actress, midway through the season, the one from the movie, I still think that she is super competent of a villain. I do think, though, that she has you're... character flaws that are very, very uh, interesting on screen. But I think largely she's benefited from the fact that she's a rich girl, right? She plays up the diva. She plays yeah, up the diva, but... rich girl halfway through the season, and then the first half of the season she's like she plays up like that fail, the fail daughter of a rich baroness.
1: You you're you're just talking up though, like the the good acting and the good character work, which again I'm not disputing. What I'm saying oh, though I'm is sorry. that Do a you lot need of anything her... more? <laughs> uh, I mean, what I'm saying is that a lot of her, her plots against the Rangers aren't that good this season. Like, a lot of her first plot against the Rangers is, I'm going to mess up their graduation, ha ha ha. Like, that's not really... Wouldn't it's like it she, be
0: funny? Wouldn't it be funny if I messed up their graduation, though?
1: It's like, it's an okay LOL, plot. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like... <laughs> it doesn't feel like it matches up with like she's like i'm gonna take over the earth but then all of her plots are just like petty fucking with the rangers whereas like all of the previous villains were like i'm gonna take over the earth and many of their plots were like okay and he- i'm gonna do that by you know taking over something important on earth or doing disagree. this or that or so- something that felt more relevant in, in in at times or at least overall diva plots are just so messy disagree go off then
0: in the millennium message she's the one that kidnaps centurion before the rangers have an have an opportunity to get to the centurion she gets the warning ahead of time which causes the timeline to shift because originally the in space season with all of this uh all of this other shit going on right with um, But can
1: you point to more than that because like one or two competent there's plots There's like
0: four episodes before the fucking Diva talk switch <laughs> what are you talking about? This is one of the shortest seasons of all time that we watched.
1: <laughs> a lot of the plots are. You got shifted weak. to Turbo,
0: which is let's take advantage of the fact that they're graduating at a ceremony.
1: Cool. So her plot in that episode sucks. Her plot in passing the torch, very dumb and only works what? because I... the Rangers are being idiots.
0: Disagree.
1: If the Rangers showed any competency her plot would not have worked at all. She literally leaves Tommy alone, unguarded to be rescued or virtually unguarded, just guarded she by Piranatrons. That's not you if you capture the leader of the enemy's forces, you just leave him in the hands of your like weakest level minions to be guarded? No. No. And the, she's it's not even like she's she, her plan is to execute him explicitly. Her plan is to execute him. It's not even like she's like, oh, I'm going to leave you here and come back to do something else with you later. And that's why you're just being left alone. And go-. No, she's like, I'm going to execute you, except I'm going to do it in this really slow way. And no one important is going to watch to make sure this execution is carried out. That's stupid as shit. That's like I want to get caught levels of villain stupid. You doing alright, Kennedy? I'm fine! You're the one who's trying to defend a person who left the leader of the Power Rangers in the hands of her idiot minions instead of just overseeing his death.
0: Okay, Stitch Witchery. (laughs) Stitch Witchery. She took advantage of the Yellow Ranger wanting to be a fashion designer and completely shitted on the Yellow Ranger in doing so. But that's just
1: weird petty shit again. It's not- That's not- there's no route okay. from fucking with the Yellow Ranger over a jacket to like taking over the world. Divide. A lot of the plots, a lot of the plots that King Mondo, Lord Zed, and Rita Repulsa did before this, you could see a direct arc of this plot could help them to like take over the world for real. She a was lot of these using plots and like conquer
0: strategies the whole time, dude.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: Because she was able to interrupt Adam, Tanya, and Justin alone and get them out of the fucking way. She was able to get <laughs> Kat out of the fucking way. And she was able to get fucking Tommy out of the way. So, like, yeah, dude. She but again, more would,
1: com- would that plot okay. and passing of the torch work at all if the Rangers hadn't just been being complete? Idiot. You can no. say
0: that about any TV show. Is Frieza a bad villain because Frieza plays with his food? Does that that's make not, him any less of a good villain?
1: That's not you're re, no, you're relating different things. You're changing the goalposts of this conversation. I am disagree. Saying, that's that's nope, how kids should
0: nope. play out. Of course, of course. If this I, was not, a more I'm adult not show. even
1: talking about, I'm not even talking about the playing with the food as being the major, the like the only problem. Like, the main thing is that if the Rangers had just morphed competently, this plot wouldn't have worked. It wasn't clever. There was no cleverness to this plot at all. It was the just, cleverness. I'm sending monsters after the Rangers. And the Rangers are too fucking incompetent to stop them for no apparent reason because they can't morph right now. Because Diva, they're all being too dumb.
0: Diva Talks knew, that, knew the my, the mechanics of their morphers.
1: But their morphers don't always work that way!
0: Uh, yes! We know this as a viewer who has watched 60-something episodes. But in Diva Talks, she she knows, dude. She knows. No, but that she that doesn't. So-
1: it's not even. No, because it's not even like she has a specific plan that's like, here's how we're going to prevent them from morphing. It's like, first of all, Cat and Tommy just won't morph. No reason. They just won't. And then the other three, the fire guy just like, realizes he could knock the key out of Justin's hands because he's fought them once before. And then he's like, oh that worked. I'm gonna do it to Adam and Tanya too. Ha <laughs> ha. That's it. Like it it's not like it's not like if this was like a Rita Repulsa plot, it would be like we're going to prevent them from using the keys on their morphers by like using a special device that like shoots goo into their morpher and then the key can't go in or something crazy and like goofy like that. If, that if would be Rita like... had a
0: plot, I'm letting you know right now, <laughs> if Rita had a plot where she got Ninjor to go evil for an episode and damn near like kill off the Rangers, we would be singing its fucking praises. Maybe. Because she gets Silver Centurion to go against the Rangers. And not only is it comedic and funny and well-executed, but also she almost got him. And she knew! She knew that her monsters or whatever were not ready to take on the Rangers. So what was her best bet then? Her best bet was to get Centurion to go against the Rangers. Because Centurion <laughs> had a much better chance. So Especially especially since she planted a bomb in Centurion anyways.
1: Oh, yes, bombs, her favorite thing. All right, so Divazords, though, Divazords good. (laughs) Back to parts and parcel. Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) Divazords good. They're cooler than the (laughs) rescuazords.
0: Uh, yeah, the rescue swords suck <laughs> shit individually. I know we didn't mention it. I know we alluded to it earlier, but... Yeah, the rescue swords suck fucking ass, dude. Oh, one of them is a fire truck. The Hess truck's back and it's better than ever. God, dude, talk
1: about, this like, is- fucking lame. This is whack, too, because in a few seasons, we're gonna get to see... Uh, an example of Zords that have rescue abilities, such as putting out fires and things like that, that aren't completely fucking shit ass to look at. Oh, so dude, it's there's like, like scenes it's-
0: <laughs> of TJ's fire truck, just the hydro pumping a fucking ball back at a Zord. Cool. <laughs> cool.
1: Yeah. Cool. Like I say, like the fact that in just a few seasons we're going to see this same concept done right just honestly makes this even more insulting to me because it's so dumb.
0: I will say um, when they're put together though, I like it. I like yes. that whole like big cannon blast mm-hmm. that they do. Uh, you know, obviously it's a kid, so so the they...
1: rescue megazord is dope.
0: Yes, yes, the like re- the rescue very megazord dope. is awesome.
1: Like at I some agree. point, we're gonna like review megazords and like rank them. And I would not be surprised if the rescue megazord ranks surprisingly, maybe even shockingly high on my list. It looks cool as hell. Yeah, we're definitely
0: gonna rank the Zordon era Zords. I would love to see I would love to see what, what we say about that. Cause I think that's the biggest unknown, right?
1: For us. <laughs> yeah, because we don't we don't really like we'll we'll touch on the Zords, but we don't usually spend like twenty minutes talking about just the Zords or something like that. So yeah, we'll We'll do a full Zord ranking at some point. Zords and Megazords. And yeah, like I say, you might be... Well, you won't be if you've listened to this. But if you haven't listened to this, you might be surprised how high I rank the Rescue megazord.
0: My thing about these Zords, the coolest part about Parts and Parcel is obviously when they use the Auxiliary Cannon on the new Zord to fire off a big, like, Mega Buster shot. And then the Turbo Zord... Goes and does that spin attack that it does, which I like it every time it's on screen. I love seeing it. But the turbo, the turbo Zord is then doing its spin out attack and like baseball bats, the fucking big ass Mega Buster Blad against the enemy, and that's how they beat the uh, Cat Zords. So I I like that. I like that scene a lot. It was a pretty pogged out uh, Zord moment. Yeah, but. A lot of these Zord sequences, especially in the Phantom Ranger parts, it feels like the action is cut too rapidly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because Chase in a Space doesn't really doesn't have Zord sequences in it, but these Zord sequences from the beginning of the the show to to Parts and Parcel, they're so rapidly cut that it's just action on screen. Like it's like mind numbing action though. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, it doesn't always feel like a coherent fight. Like in the sense of like, you know, oh, uh, you know, the fight starts and then like the two opponents kind of size each other up with opening volleys and opening attacks. And then they get more serious and then one of them gets the upper hand or something. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's like there's that kind of narrative to like a good action sequence. A lot of these action sequences feel totally narrative-less. It's just, it's just shit just like, going on.
0: It's just it's, shit going
1: on. The robots are punching. Oh, there's a cannon. Oh, there's a monster. Oh. They don't
0: they don't know how to fucking write this shit. They don't. They lost it. They lost it. Whatever magic they had, they lost.
1: Um, yeah. It, a, it seems
0: a, like with this writer transition.
1: Really ugly situation with some of those Zord bites.
0: Yeah. And the, the reason it... it the the exact same thing that you were saying about the Zord fights is the exact same thing that happens with all of these A plots and B plots. A lot of it is told in such a way where you just have to infer. It's just yeah, like, or oh, guess. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, you know the Zords could do this, right? Oh, yeah, you know the turbo powers work that way, Right.
1: Because there's some things you can't even, it's like, so there's some things you can't even just infer. Because it's like, there's some things you can't actually get a definitive answer to, like the Phantom Ranger. So you just literally have to guess. So it's like, you're right. It's like, yeah, some of it you just have to kind of be like, oh, I guess I knew that. But then there's other things that it's like, you just, it's whatever you think, because that's, there is no answer.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the crazy thing about this one is that this season is like Zeo. But like, Nega Zio. Right? So instead of being a season for the fans, this is instead a season for newcomers, but in the worst way possible. Whereas Zio was the season for the fans in like the best way possible, right? Or at least somewhat of the best way possible. Yeah. So like, we get treated to just like completely jump the shark moments where it's just like, yeah, you do that, right? Yeah, it's okay. The newcomers will get this because this is just shit that happens all the time here in Power Rangers. But if, you, if you're if you an old fan, like, you knew this, right? And no, we didn't know this. It's just... Like, the, the editing! The editing! The way these shots are cut. The way mm-hmm. these, these dialogue sequences are cut between Justin's actual existence in the show completely changing everything around it to just asinine combat sequences or sentai footage that doesn't make any coherent sense to the plot or yeah. even just the episode that it's in and chase into space is where obviously the writing is at its sort of peak because this is the season finale and this is what the writers have been wanting to do this whole time yes but yeah this is diva at her most competent diva yeah. launches an assault on the base Because they figured out the location of the command center. Which leads me to believe, why couldn't fucking Demetria cast an invisible spell over the command center?
1: I don't know. It's not even, the problem is, I can't even give you an answer to that because it is completely, completely unclear what Demetria's powers are. Zordon was a bit of a mystery in a good way where it's like you don't always know what he's fully capable of. Um, In like a way that's like very good for any kind of mentor character, right? But at the same time, you kind of felt like you had an idea of the rough limits of what Zordon could and couldn't do. I can't tell you what Demetria's powers are. Like at all. I really cannot. Did, why couldn't Demetria do that? Or why could she have? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. I can't tell you anything about her. And not even, like I say, in the good kind of mystery way. But just in a... Like, I can't tell you anything about her.
0: <laughs> yeah, I...
1: <laughs> Before Diva Talks, assaults the base, though, this is important. Justin. Is that... <laughs> well, there's that, too. Justin is having a B-plot that is with his dad. Justin has a dad.
0: Yeah. Justin went from being an orphan to getting adopted, having a father, and this is just kind of spurred on all of a sudden because it's never really clear before that he has a father per se, or at least even an adopted father or even like someone that he would be okay with calling dad so soon.
1: Yeah. It's really weird. Um, Yeah.
0: And the, and the dad is, is being a child as well because the dad gets offered a job at um, NASDAQ. Which is just the equivalent of NASA. And he's all like, I won't take this new job if you don't want me to take it. And Justin's like, I don't want you to take it because I love my friends here in Angel Grove and all this other stuff, and I don't want to move. And he's like, okay, then I won't take it. And it's just like, well, eh, just give me some time. And it's just like, Justin, you're the kid. Your father's supposed to know what's best. So just complete failures on both ends here. Justin yeah. being a child, yet being a Power Ranger. And then Justin's father also not acting in the best interest of the child. Because it's like, Bizarre. it's more money. Like, the father's clearly like, this job is better. Like, yeah. outright better for us as a whole. But I won't move unless you want me to. And it's just like, you're supposed to, you're the dad. You're supposed to know what's best for your son.
1: Yeah. He's a kid. It's it's a mess. It's stupid. <laughs> In the meantime, Zordon contacts the rangers, and he says, listen, Eltar's under attack. Like, where I live now. And the Power Rangers are like, what? We have to come help you. And he's like, no, no, no. Listen, we're gonna figure it out. Don't, you know, you need to keep defending Earth. But, there's something important I have to tell you, and then they lose him. So, That is, like, a pretty good dramatic beat, I think, of just, like, oh, that's, like, suddenly there's, like, a lot of dread hanging over our heads. What's happening? What's happening to Zordon?
0: Yeah, we've never Um, been to Eltar before.
1: No, and it also, like, it really felt like when Zordon and Alpha left that they were kind of retiring, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like... That, like, they were kind of, like, you know, going off to just, like, chill on a beach somewhere or something. And now it's, like, we haven't heard from them in a while. And here we hear, actually, they're in super trouble. And they need to give us important information, and we're not getting it right now. So it's, like, that's a lot of drama. The stakes are suddenly very high. It's It's just a pretty good... It's yeah. one of the better plots that it's we've a, seen it's in a, a good, while. It's
0: probably the best plot beat we've seen this whole <laughs> this whole season. The most interesting one, so to speak, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. So, uh, so, Gold Goyle is Divatox's big, terrifying monster for the end here, and he seems pretty strong. And he's trash-talking, and he's uh, in Angel Grove Park, and shooting lightning, and They have to form the Megazord right away because he's big. And uh, they're all just right away just having trouble fighting. The weapon systems go offline after, like, Gold Goyle, like, beats the crap out of them and, like, absorbs their energy. And it's just, like, things are going really bad for the Rangers.
0: (laughs) Gold Goyle is the most (laughs) out-of-place enemy of the week we've seen this season
1: he's like yeah. master
0: vile levels of like design
1: yeah he feels like a, a, a weird throwback or something or yeah it's I in contrast
0: know. to everything else because everything else is so cartoony right yeah but but this one he's like a straight-up shimagami tensei demon
1: <laughs> yeah for sure yeah, he's like he's big, he's terrifying and just I don't know. He's like a pretty impressively spooky villain. And it's yeah, it's a lot of Divatox's villains have been like these sort of goofy like cartoony monsters based on some like silly concept. And Goldgoyle's concept is just I'm fucking hella destructive. I'm terrifyingly powerful. That's his concept. <laughs> <laughs> what a good like, concept. No gimmicks.
0: <laughs> no gimmicks. I'm just here to murk me some rangers.
1: Yeah, so he he fucks the Megazord, the Rescue Megazord right up. Cassie tries to reconnect the the weapon's power system like the, do like a manual override thing and like TJ is like they have to d- we have to just dis- destruct the Megazord. We don't have time. And it hugs gold goyle and blows up and they take off bruh and and which is like fucking wild right that's like a that's a scene
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) never have we seen self-destruction like that before in power rangers
1: until now no we've never seen anything like this and just I don't know the whole sequence is pretty like it's really dramatic. It's pretty good overall. I Dude, like the sword
0: is like bleeding out like it's like yeah. fucked up on the <laughs> on the ground.
1: And I like TJ and Cassie's like interaction, you know, as they're like trying to decide what to do there. Like, yeah, it's it's strong and it shows the hints of like what is to come in my opinion in terms of like some of these characters are going to be back and in space and they're actually better.
0: Yeah, another thing is is that the way they defeat him is by taking the Mitsubishi Spider and driving it right into the enemy's mouth and exploding it in there.
1: Yeah. Fun stuff. Because, again, like, yeah, even just blowing up the, the Rescue Megazord isn't enough. So they end up destroying even more of their equipment before yeah. they actually get gold oil. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, legit. All they have is the the blue SUV, right? That's it. Yeah. So they're out of options here if Divatox launches an attack. And,
1: and they have the know? regular... I think they still have the regular Mega Swords? Or no, they they, they kind of use them up too. Yes. Yeah, they, it gets crippled beyond repair. That's right. I remember. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they're they're basically out of options. Gold Goyle is defeated, it seems, but at, at what cost? And unbeknownst to them, Divatox also had some other plans, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like it oh, wasn't was just that? she was a smart villain. It was, <laughs> go on. Shut the fuck! I told you there were exceptions. <laughs> this is one of them. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. So Divatox <laughs> had multiple plans in the works here. So she didn't just send gold. oil oh, She also had Rygar, Rygog, and Elgar up to some shit. Rygog and Elgar find the outer grounds of the power chamber. This is when Divatox decides to like make the move on the power chamber. Because, like, she's giving this big speech about how the Power Rangers are on the run. How, you know, they've destroyed most of the Power Rangers' equipment. And what can they possibly do at this point? And right as she's doing that, fucking Elgar walks in and is like, guess what, Diva Talks? Unusually, my dumbass has good news. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's that we, we found the power chamber. So, like, not only did you already feel like you were winning... But let's go fuck them up for real.
0: (laughs) Let's go, dude. No time to build new zords. Nothing. Nothing. And the rangers Um, don't know what the fuck to do. They're fucking panicking.
1: And so the rangers are panicking. and, And while they're panicking, Demetria tells them that Eltar has fallen. Zordon has lost. So, like, they're losing their battle. Zordon is losing his battle on his planet. Like, things are grim as hell. This is the kind of storytelling that we love to see in the Power Rangers, to be honest, I think. And uh, we haven't seen enough of it this season. So, this is really great, honestly. Yes. Um, like, I was considering making the end of the season one of my favorites, like, one of the, the parts me. of it, possibly. Just but me. it's still, there's, yeah, it's too much of that shit still. Like, there's still some things that just drag it down a little too much. But,
0: the rangers are fucking scared, dude. They're like, like yeah, they're like, shook. Diva is launching a full on assault with like a battering ram, just sending all of her piranatrons out to that base to destroy it completely.
1: And they have to make this decision that the rangers are going to stay on earth and continue to try to be the last line of defense. And that Demetria and the blue centurion are going to go to Eltar and see if there's anything that can be done. So, the Rangers are losing even more of their support as this, like, siege mounts outside the power chamber. D- like, part one just ends on, like, the m- the most drama imaginable.
0: I was gonna say, in part two, when they start busting out the battering mm-hmm. ram, they start busting out, like, the hooks and all that shit and the ropes, and they start infiltrating it. Do you even get treated to such moments as, like, TJ is just looking, like, fucking, like, TJ doesn't know what the fuck to do. Uh, everyone's panicking. Carlos goes to Justin and is like, hey, are you scared? And Justin answers with, yeah, I am. And Carlos is like, don't worry, I am too. And it's like this real moment of solidarity amongst everyone as they're like knowing yeah. that they're probably doomed.
1: This is one of the only good Justin moments is like Carlos and Justin having this interaction. Yes, Like, if you were going to give Justin's character credit for any moment this season, it's this and nothing else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, there is a couple of other moments in here that are pretty good. Alpha 6 is like, hey, I can be useful and actually teleport you guys somewhere if you want. And they're like, no, Alpha, we're going to be here to protect you and protect the Earth. Diva talks his troops, get inside, start launching like an all-out brawl against the Rangers. Awesome. It is yeah. awesome. <clears throat> uh super good. Yeah, like the the rangers are just getting fucking jumped and they're like fending for themselves as hard as they can.
1: And they're just getting pushed back, you know, starting from like outside the facility to like further and further in basically. And it's just like this place that has always seemed relatively safe and removed from the trouble is now just like being destroyed all around them. It's something else. Elgar also just fucking shit up. He destroys the tube.
0: Yeah, they're like, now um, Dimitri and Zordon <laughs> can't come back. I've destroyed the tube. And it's just like, okay.
1: Uh, apparently that makes sense. Yeah. Which, like, it's kind of weird. But if you just take it at face value, well, I mean, that is pretty dramatic. It does mean that, like, the rangers are even more just, like, stranded feeling. And, um, and then he also is, like, placing it's like bombs doing, everywhere. It's
0: like doing a home invasion and just leaving <clears throat> a shit in the toilet.
1: <laughs> and and he's also placing bombs everywhere. Devatox detonates the bombs with the rangers inside, right? Yes. Like they, they're still inside and uh yeah. The command yeah. center
0: fucking blows up.
1: Fucking blown up. Not imploded this time, exploded.
0: Yes, it's definitely <laughs> an explosion this time. And Devatox gets mad at Elgar because there's no kill confirm on the rangers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, we have to we have to confirm this. This is not like a we can't take chances on this.
0: Yeah. But after that, she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to fucking celebrate. Pop a cork. Let's go. Earth domination. We've done it. Let's do it. And then she gets interrupted by this fiery figure in the sky who's telling her, hey, uh, stop. What the fuck you're doing? You need to come over here. What's his name requested you? Dark Spectre. The Dark Spectre requests your presence. And she's like, um, okay. She was originally like denying him. She's like, nah, I'm not going anywhere. Earth is right here. It's time for me to fucking take over. It's Diva rules, baby.
1: And it's like, no, you don't understand. It's the Dark Spectre who apparently you are terrified of. And he has captured Zordon. Like, you need to go speak with him.
0: Yeah, and it's clear that because the name Zordon was mentioned and Dark Spectre was mentioned and all this other stuff that shit is really hitting the fan here. What's not really said though is that, so the way they end the season is just, I was so glad I was done. I was so glad I was like, wow, I don't have to watch Turbo ever again. I can go the rest of my life without watching Turbo. And the reason why is because Justin has to convince the people at Nasda to let the Rangers take the space shuttle to go in space and fight off Divatox. Yeah. And so the Rangers get on the space shuttle, strap in without any suits or anything on them, and lift off we have liftoff. And, yeah. and Justin tells the Rangers, guys, I'm not coming. I'm staying here. I'm sorry. And they're all like, what? It, it, it's, what? And they're like, oh, wait, yeah, he wants to be this tall." They look over.
1: Father. They look over. And right outside the space shuttle that they're about to board is a sign that says, you must be this tall. <laughs> <laughs> I believed you. I believed you. <laughs> um (laughs) not really but that's basically the gist of it is justin's like i can't i can't come with and uh thank fuck thank
0: yeah well they're like what why can't you do it cassie's like the father remember he wants to be with the father they're like oh okay but it's like the rest of them are high schoolers too what about (laughs) their families what the fuck <clears throat> Anyways, the season ends with them going into space and saying, To be continued in Power Rangers, in space. Cool, alright, Ranger Rankings, bottom, the absolute bottom tier, Justin. He completely, he, he fucking fucks up the entire season. He he morphed, like the whole entire season is fucked from him being there. Yeah. So many things you have to like, just gloss over or not think about because of Justin's existence. Completely tanks the show. Next up Horse is... Shit. Next up is the previous cast of Rangers. They did nothing. It's like Trini levels. Uh, no, of
1: doing nothing. no, 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 no. Ne- before any out? of them... Before any of them... Is the fucking Phantom Ranger.
0: You... Nah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, useless the useless fucking, Sixth Ranger.
1: And I even had kinder things to say about like, the fucking original appearance, the Phantom Presence, or whatever the name of that episode. What is it? Phantom Phenomenon. So I had kinder things to say about that episode than you, even. But I will still say, the letdown that comes from there, that, you know, because it's okay, it's okay, it's fucked up, mostly because of Justin, but it's an okay introduction to this new ranger, and it leaves you a little curious. Watching that episode, you're a little like, hmm, maybe this will be good. But then it just gets so much worse from there. The Phantom Ranger is a fucking just cardboard cutout of a character with no personality um, past the first time you see him. Like, he never has personality again, basically. And he's just there just handing out toys and then he dies. Stupid. Yeah, Barely better than Justin. I almost want to say he's worse than Justin, except that Justin literally ruined the season.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I can agree to that then uh you've got the 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 previous cast members neutral nothing happens therefore they're right there uh,
1: and none of them stand out i agree with you like the point that you were going to make before like none of them none of the original four for the time that they're on do anything that seems particularly remarkable interesting or that like points towards anything incredibly fascinating about their character the closest it gets is that tommy is now a race car driver but that's literally just like just like tying into the themes of the season and it's not even really explored in an interesting way so there's nothing there's nothing really to appreciate about um anything that anything that any of them do any of them
0: other than the fact that they also have a negative opinion
1: about justin too and they're definitely this, all worse than any of the new rangers. I would who, have to again, say after
0: that is probably yeah. the yellow ranger, right? Ashley. Yeah, Ashley's next. Ashley got the least development. Ashley only yeah. had Ashley only had a uh, stitch witchery. That was it.
1: Yeah. Cassie's character is like more weird and problematic and inconsistent, but even that is still like more screen time.
0: You know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Ashley's there. She's just kind of there. She's there for Stitch Witchery, which is it was a decent performance there. Yeah. Not going to front. Uh, but yes. uh, she's never again to be seen. Uh, as I, I do like her performance
1: in Stitch Witchery a lot. And I think it shows a really interesting character who is not just exactly like all the other Yellow Rangers before. But we don't get that much of that. I think next up, is it Cassie or is it Carlos? It's it's Cassie next. Do you think that
0: because I think Cassie had more screen time than Carlos? For sure. A lot. So more. I think it's because is it because Cassie's performance wasn't that good?
1: It's no, it's because Cassie's writing is questionable, actually, if I if I wanna I felt like Carlos's character came across more consistent and There was way more racism with uh Cassie.
0: Also her name is Cassie. Super Jan.
1: racist super racist lots of like
0: i invented my actually my uh you know it's in my heritage they invented a martial art
1: yeah my ancestors invented martial arts is like uh it was the first moment where i was like oh fuck and then there's just more of where that comes so yeah cassie's character if it wasn't so problematic and inconsistent could actually have been very good arguably even like if cleaned up cassie's character could have been the best ranger this season straight up
0: yeah she had the most potential
1: she had super high potential but it's just mostly wasted because problematic racism and
0: i like the fact uh, that the character had obvious flaws though
1: yes yeah that's what i'm telling she could have been the top character this season yeah um but yeah the racism and then the just the inconsistency Where you kind of have to infer and fill in the gaps to make sense of her character. That's not great. I didn't feel that way about Carlos as much. I didn't feel like I had to infer or fill in the gaps as much with him. And I thought that there were just a lot of things that I liked about his character. I even just liked that Adam chose this slightly moody and hot-headed replacement. You know? Yes. Like... Like, that made sense in terms of, like, these replacements were directly chosen by the Rangers, which is different than before. And they each had to pick someone that they related to in some way or thought would, you know, pick up the mantle in some way. But Adam has been really moody up until his departure. So who does he pick to replace him? He picks someone who's also a little on the moody side. And I like that.
0: Yeah, but, like, the moody where it's not annoying per se... I still think he comes across as too negative sometimes. He also comes off a little bit, still a little problematic because he comes off as like the sassy. A little bit of the sassiness comes out right in his character, in his line deliveries Mm -hmm. and stuff like
1: that. And it's just like, "Eh,
0: you're really gonna play into that racist trope.
1: Uh, It's it's really really walks a line that is pretty uncomfortable. It's not overt though, for sure. I will say that it's it's not not overt. It's not overt. The racism with Cassie is overt as shit. You know they um, wanted to
0: call Cassie Jackie. They were like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we named her Jackie Chan because Jan- Jackie is a
1: gender-neutral name? You know it. You know it. You and then someone talked them out of it and was like, no, we shouldn't. Yeah. Thank God for that person. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> whereas, yeah, the Carlos is more of just like a a portrayal that, like, you would now recommend, hey, you you probably need to, you know, talk to some people that are of the culture that you're trying to portray or, you know, get some sensitivity trainings or blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, you would just be like, hey, you need to clean this up a little. It's more of like a, I don't know, casually problematic instead of just like the actively in your face, like every 10th line is racist. Cassie Chan situation. Yeah. TJ. <laughs> TJ is the champ.
0: TJ, I don't think TJ carries the season, but I think he is really good.
1: Um, It would be an exaggeration to say he carries it both in the sense of, like, there are other aspects of the season that are, like, arguably, like, help carry it along. And also, like, his (laughs) character isn't perfect. The acting isn't perfect. There are some, like, there are some negatives to TJ. But I think he's the best Red Ranger.
0: So far, yes. I agree. He's uh he's an A tier he's an A tier Ranger Red Ranger.
1: Um he he really in particular I feel embodies the spirit of the Red Ranger perfectly as a character more so than anyone else to have taken that mantle so far. And yet he does it without seeming totally ridiculous. Right. Like he really is that like very brave, very noble, very like keeps his head high and like looks for the path of righteousness in every situation type of character but without being just completely stupid feeling and it's just it's just right for a red ranger and i love it
0: i agree i honestly yeah i don't really have too many problems with tj at all if i'm gonna be honest with you other than the fact that he had to deal with all this bullshit of this season but you know who's even better than tj go
1: on Divatox, Talks Big <laughs> She's not a ranger. <laughs> best ranger. You wanna,
0: okay, let me explain why she's the best ranger. You want to know why? Alright, go on. She's taking us in space. <laughs> I am so pumped for in space, dude. The absolute fucking best suits from the Zordon era coming up. So Great excited, suits. dude. And honestly, I'm a... Great suits. I know you don't like diva Talks, but but i will say this if the team didn't believe in diva Talks, they wouldn't have included her in in
1: space i i don't think she's the worst i just think the power levels of a lot of things have been off this season and that includes diva Talks.
0: okay well i'm glad we came to the consensus that diva Talks is the best uh solo <laughs> villain or at least top two.
1: Um, shout
0: outs! Shout outs to Saban for for giving us good representation. Uh, I like the fact that TJ, we said he's the best ranger. He's black. He's a black man who was able to leave the team competently. The greatest part. Uh, Carlos was good representation as well. Cassie heavily problematic, borderline racist at times. But like honestly, like the fact that this was dominated by minorities was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, almost. I mean, you know, almost entirely non-white team except for Justin, arguably, because uh, the white? actress that, well, the actress that plays Ashley is uh, comes from some Latino descent. So you can decide where you want to call that, I guess.
0: Ooh, got a little spicy. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> is it representation or not? We all know the answer. It's not. But uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but just for the purposes of kind of making a point, this was like the least. The least white group of Power Rangers so far and having, you know, a black man as the leader felt like a cool change. It also felt like a just like a good, I don't know, especially for its time, like a good step and like a just one of the few decisions made right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> Very few decisions this season that really felt great. That one felt great. Yeah, I just really liked TJ.
0: I agree. I think TJ <laughs> I think TJ is really good. Um and I look forward to seeing him in in space before
1: we I, I'll just say one more thing about TJ and like what makes him so great is that it's the empathic style of leadership. Yes. Um the other Red Rangers were more hard-headed. Even Tommy as a Red Ranger was more hard-headed, especially just at the place he was at when he was a Red Ranger. TJ takes a very soft approach to it. And it's just, it's just a completely different character and a completely different direction in some ways. And it's just really good.
0: Before we head out of here, what would you rank the season and
1: would you recommend it? (sighs) Hmm. I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) Not even or Well, if you were about to watch in space, I would recommend that you watch maybe 4 or 5 episodes of Turbo, specifically Passing the Torch, Parts and Parcel, and Chase into Space. Maybe nothing else.
0: Slice 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 of Trouble?
1: I wouldn't necessarily re- recommend Trouble by the Slice or um Stitch Witchery as like highly recommended watching just for no reason. I would say if someone was like, "Hey, I wanna watch some Turbo," I'd be like, "These are the episodes you have to see. They're super funny." I would also say just if somebody was like, I really like funny Power Rangers episodes, I would be like, watch these for sure. But if somebody was just trying to get the context and like the the the, the story clues and blah, 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 uh, it's not necessary. Trouble by the Slice is outrageously funny, though. So I would probably recommend that everyone watch that. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because fucking the power rangers get baked into a pizza guys go watch that episode um but uh yeah what would i rate it like a like a like a three or a two two like a two a two out of ten as an entire as a whole maybe yeah so or something i don't know if... it can't be more than a four Absolutely cannot be more than a four. I have to say that much. I originally uh, was
0: so, like, as the season (laughs) went on, okay. So, (laughs) so, like, as the season went on, I was like, okay, this is like a five. And then, or no, sorry, I was actually much less, much less positive about it. I was like, this is like a four or something like that, right? And then it was borderline five when it, when the darkest day came on, I was like, okay, this is. it's getting pretty good, it's like a 6, it's like 6, and then it's just like, shit was just happening on screen, and I was just like, what the fuck, what is going on, I have no way, I had so much trouble keeping up with what happens, that uh, it just started backsliding, and I think finally, um, you know, I give it two points for Diva Talks, one point for TJ, but that's about it, it's a 3, do I recommend it, no. Unless you are a person who is out to watch every season like we are, definitely, if you want to watch some Turbo, watch those episodes that Kennedy recommended, but this is honestly like a big skip. The first half of season two of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, also overall, like the lore behind season two is much more relevant than Turbo per se. Um, So like, that's why I recommend season two over Turbo as a watch. Especially since, like, we actually do get treated to some serious, non-jokey episodes that are great. But that just doesn't happen this season. No no real episode outside of, like, meme or, you know, comedy potential really surpasses, like, a seven, right? So, yeah, that's where I stand. And that's where we'll leave Power Rangers Turbo as we head in space. So stoked! Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.